I want to first of all acknowledge you, man, for uh, you know coming out to us, uh, our team, especially after doing an episode with us and us being able to be blessed with your story mm-hmm. and especially through a lot of the acknowledgements and achievements you've made along the way to come back and really dissect a certain moment in your life where it was very special to you very special to the community you're a part of and being able to tell that story for those who um, are a part of the community and for those who aren't to really see um, how this was pinnacle time in your life and your teams where you guys realized that you were the very first team members in Canada to win a Def Games championship. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And I wanted to first of all start off in asking you why this moment was such an important one out of anything in your life to document in the first place. Uh, just my first championship ever. Like I'm not, I don't, I'm not counting like tournaments, like just simple weekend kind of things. This is pretty big deal. Really think about it. First one in the team's history. I was lucky enough to be part of it, as well as with everything going on with COVID and stuff. You know, I, you know, we were originally supposed to do something else, but the Canada Def Games got canceled, which I was pushing hard for that. So why not celebrate an important moment in Canadian history that a lot of people don't know about? Definitely. Do you feel like, especially through the time we've been living in the pandemic and it allowed things to certainly slow down, did it bring you back to this moment in a sense where you kind of were looking back in your past? And Well, it's crazy you say that because so when the pandemic hit, like probably April, that's when we won our championship. So all the memories just came up as well as The Last Dance came out on Netflix. So I was just thinking... He's doing it. Michael Michael Jordan's doing it. Why can't Troy Meyer do it? I love that. Yeah, That's so true. We're we're creating our own last dance in one way, shape, yeah. or form. I was originally wanted to call it the homecoming. It, oh, nice. Why yeah. not? Why why homecoming? Because being a basketball player, I've been in and out of the game for I don't know a couple of years now. You know, I don't have a provincial championship. I don't have a national championship. I don't have a league championship. You know, this was kind of this was my first big big championship that carries a lot of weight to me and to others as well. I mean, there's some guys that have been part of the program since they were young, you know, who don't have, we don't have, don't have a championship. Yeah, wow. It's very much so the very first one for a lot of you guys. Yeah. And this is a championship that you guys needed to go outside of the country to compete in. Correct? Yeah, we went to Indiana. And you guys were up against how many different countries? Uh, well, actually, it was all just American teams. Yeah. So it kind of made that a little more special in a way. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was like a USA versus Canada, Canada. type Yeah, thing. that's basically what it was. And was it, so because there was multiple different states associated with playing, was it also provinces in Canada or you were representing Canada? We were representing Canada because uh, like Team Alberta for the US, uh, for the Canada Death Game, sorry, uh, there's only, there was only like five or six of us on the team. So we didn't, we wouldn't have enough to fill the full team. So we had guys from BC, Alberta, Manitoba, Ontario, and Quebec on the team. Wow, good yeah. mix. What was the process like in being onboarded for something like this? Especially, I mean, I can imagine how niche, you know, the championship games are when it comes to certain elements of, you know, people who are semi-deaf or fully deaf. But when it comes to scouting the players out who play basketball and are relatively good at it, how did how did they 
get selected. So, so we all go to tryouts, and it's kind of open to everyone. So you got to submit like your, basically, if you're new to team like me, I'd go to uh, a hearing place and go get my hearing levels tested. So you be you have, you have to prove you have hearing loss or some sort of deafness, so which I did. So then I went, submitted that, got a hold of the coach online, said, here, like, I can come play and stuff. And he's like, yeah, yeah, come through. So I tried out here in Edmonton. Felt like an alien, realistically. Like, walked in, didn't know anybody. Don't know sign language at all. Like, just enough to pass baby sign. So, I mean, there's that. More of a culture shock than anything. Super, like, walked in the gym, all eyes are on you. They don't know you. Or some of these kids have been part of the deaf community since they've been born, right? Small, tight-knit community playing sports and everything so it was just kind of out of my element mm -hmm. but i've been through so many team tryouts so i was just like i'm just gonna shut my mouth say hi to people and say hi with and just put about give me a basketball so in a sense there was a struggle there of feeling like you you must have felt like you were the odd one out in that case oh very much very much and i knew it i knew it just because i didn't know anyone I very much didn't know who was who, so I was just like, ah, uh, like, what do I do now? So you're here, might as well, might as well show out. So you make, you make tryouts. You obviously you kill it. You make the team. What were some things you felt like you needed to do to win the respect of your team for that? For for you to no longer feel like the outcast of the team, or or to just generally feel like, hey, you know what, guys. As much as I may not severely go through what you are going through, I do actually. It's why I'm here. For for that doubt to just yeah, you know, so, settle down in what they think. So like the whole thing going to Toronto, like my main thing was just to like be part of the team. So like eating dinner with some of them and like like even though like I didn't know sign language, like I remember talking to Coach Devin. Um and we just like he had a piece of paper and pen and we just talked back and forth like that. I just I just wanted to be around the guys. Because some of these guys, like I said, have been on the team for a long time. I'm just, I'm just a new guy. So very much just like pushing forward, just, 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 just to keep, you know, being a part of the squad. Yeah. But I mean, it was, it was tough because there's also so many ranges of basketball, right? So I mean, I played college basketball and stuff, and and high level men's league and whatnot. So I mean, there's guys who just, who just played, you know, local basketball and stuff. And I remember like getting mad in practice and like, and one of the guys comes over and says like, no, you like, you gotta like slow down your roll. And I was like, you're right, you're right. Gotta, gotta ease it back. Yeah. Is that because they, they had a very different interpretation of what play and, and winning felt like compared to you? Uh, I think that was, was, and I think cause I couldn't communicate it. Like, hey, like, yeah, very you much couldn't actually verbally, verbally, like I should have had a pen and paper with me. I feel like now that I've, uh, like frustrates me that I didn't bother saying, "Hey, like I want to fucking win." Yeah. Like let's like 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 the Kobe Bryant stories we've been hearing lately. Like I will be at your door at six a.m. if you need me to be there. Yeah. So I should have communicated that, but you know it is what it is. No, absolutely. I I find that in moments like that, you you kind of put yourself in their shoes and then realize, hey, is what I'm even gonna say or do be of merit? Yeah. For them, is it is it going to translate as much as it translates over for me? Oh, he's even better thing. So our coach had to quit because uh, due to life and family and stuff. So we got a oh. new coach. But there's no sign. He only spoke French. <laughs> even bigger barrier. Yeah. So now, so now you got majority of us, us guys like either know ASL, QSL, or they talk and they speak in in English. So now we have. 
an ASL, a QSL interpreter, as well as a translator from from French to English. Wow, that it logistically it that, that doesn't yeah. make sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we had, <laughs> to be like, okay, we're gonna get someone who doesn't even speak English to just give Troy another hard time. <laughs> yeah, and who doesn't even communicate well through sign language. Yeah, and we'll just hire two more. Yeah, uh, you know, translators to just even out the process. So like me, my friend Graham, were like, he's hard of hearing as well, and we're just like, oh, okay, well, this just this got even way better. And also, Alejandro wanted to win. That's his name, Alejandro, our coach. Wanted to win. He'd just be like yelling at us. And I'm loving it, but at the same time, I'm hating it because now I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying to get to know these guys. Like, I just want to get into playing them. He's just like, no, you're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong. In French. French. And just yelling at us, go, 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 go. And I'm like, I'm like, I just did it right. No, do it again. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it was a bit of a culture shock, like just a giant shock drop. I was like, okay, all right, this is yeah. going to get weird. Do you find after that moment, especially relaying back to your struggle, where from feeling like the odd one out, then feeling like you're part of the team, what what were some moments you can recall with your team members where you look back and just you're so blessed by the opportunity of developing such good rapport with them, where it, it might have been awkward, obviously. It might have felt very maybe a little bit tense because you understand that there's just such a big communication barrier but at the same time you know just guide me through what that looked like in your head especially with the team dynamic and the importance behind that so going out night one i land with my buddy raul who's um who i play with here in edmonton we land and you know like you know we're like texting through the phone and stuff communicating through like the phone on on the notes and he goes, you want to get something to eat? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's go to Subway. So we go to Subway, eat real quick, kind of like go back to our rooms, chillax. Well, the rest of the guys come in and they're like, hey, you guys want to go to eat? And they're all going like this, you want to eat? And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll go out eat again. I don't care. Well, then like uh, Callum goes, he's like, he goes, you know sign? I'm like, no. So he right on his phone, do you know sign language? I'm like, no, like I know, no, I like, you know, cookie and basically baby sign kind of like laughs at me and stuff so i sit down i sit down with the table like they're all you and all using side and stuff and um, i'm like all right cool man i answer my phone <laughs> like they're all looking at me like i was like ah, i just blew my cover like, <laughs> like oh, okay shit but i mean i look at that moment as very much an eye-opening moment realizing that like like this is my team this is my squad what am I going to do? Like, if I can't communicate with these guys, how am I going to figure this out? So, I mean, luckily I did. And I've, like, I'm learning a little bit of science here and there and, you know, progressing. But, you know, we don't have courses ongoing here. So that's one of the struggles I'm dealing with. But I'm just learning it through the phone as well. But it was just, that was an interesting moment. It was, like, key in my memory, eating down a French fry place and just the boys around me just talking up a storm. And, you know, I'm not used to it. It's literally like another group of people you're trying to become friends with speaking a completely different language. That's that's what it But you, you kind of get the gif, though, of that, right? Like, you know, like seeing it is way different than, than, than hearing it. Because yeah. yeah, they might add in a word that like, oh, like, they might say fries or something like that. That you'll be like, oh, they're talking about French fries. Mm-hmm. You know, now they're talking about whatever. They're saying, Troy, you're an asshole. Like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, wow. And I, I can't imagine that being 
through your head when you feel like, okay, they could easily be talking about me and I could have no idea, right? But I didn't care. Yeah. I was like, whatever, let them talk. Let them talk. Like, I'm one of the best basketball players in my mind. Like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm one of the best basketball players in the court. Now, what was something you felt like you did where, where they, based off your actions, in a lot of ways, won your respect? Or you won their respect? I think just playing basketball. Yeah, playing like, the game. Yeah, just playing the game and and just, just the love for it. Like, you can definitely see... You know, you do jujitsu basically, right? Just, you know, when you see someone has a passion for it, it doesn't matter if they are verbal, nonverbal, speaking French, Portuguese, it doesn't matter. You know, it's all the same. Ball has to go through a hoop. What do you think is one of the most important lessons you learned playing with the team you played with under the circumstance of, you know, everyone dealing with their impairment, if that's... Uh, you know of, of of the right way of saying it as far as what they're going through and not being able to hear what do you think any basketball player who plays basketball or any sports team member can learn from what you learned in taking the team and being with them to go to the championships Despite obviously you feeling that communication barrier, but you still manage to make it work. What can another team in general who have every ability to communicate with one another learn from that situation? I don't know. You can ask Omid. He got his ass whooped a couple months ago by a bunch of deaf and hard of hearing guys. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna. You're you're now going to in the next uh, rap song that Cassius has. You are going to get obliterated. Just yeah, watch I'm out excited. For that. <laughs> I'm excited. We'll put it. We'll put it in the credits. Um, but. It's hard to say because I think everyone goes through something different. And I think our struggle was just it was just us versus them and we wanted to win. I think you could have put anybody against us. Like I mean, you could have put a local team in front of us and we still would have just done our thing. Cuz at that moment, I think you wear all the same jerseys and no one cares. It's kind of hard to say because again, I couldn't communicate with them, so I just knew the passion was there. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, coming home after my two training camps there, I was just working out, working out, going for runs. I realized I got fat at some point. So I just, I'm just like, okay, cool. What's the best way to burn fat? Let's run. So texting guys like uh, in our group message, people were working out. Guys were getting after it. And, you know, when it came down to that, I think, I think that's when we started to create some, some noise within ourselves. Because I think some, like, my buddy Graham constantly working out. Uh, Danny is in the gym a lot. Ben is, like, a like a freak athlete, man. He's, he's, he's fast. Yeah. And, you know, it was, I think it was something that maybe they weren't used to or maybe they were used to. But I just came in with, like, that dog mentality of I got to get this done. Because I'm against the clock. I was, I'm 20, I was 29 when we won. Now 30 clocks against me athletically so I knew I recognize that as well Mm -hmm. did you feel like an element of being maybe slower or not as quick as you once were at a certain age in that game or yeah I definitely don't feel as fast yeah maybe I know actually I feel fast I don't not as quick must be the dad bod now yeah yeah get it back get to me man don't (laughs) worry don't worry so I mean like there's there was that aspect but I feel like creatively my game has gone better. Just 
you know, I hired a trainer and stuff, started working on it, my shooting and my ball handling, just stuff I wouldn't have worked on because I was like, oh, I can be with athleticism, athleticism, athleticism. I can all jump everyone, which I still can. It's just how can I put things together? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there was that too. Certainly. Uh, the last final question I have for you to wrap up episode one is why did you choose basketball out of any sport you could play? Um, I always wanted to play hockey growing up in St. Albert. I mean, cashers would know this. All the, all the kids, everyone plays hockey. It's a hockey mecca, in my opinion. Parents put me in hockey. Apparently, they didn't like it, and it's expensive. I mean, I'm six foot two, like at the time, like 180 pounds. Got the perfect body for hockey. Yeah, it's al- almost. Almost, except I'm skinny. And I don't like getting hit in the face as much. I'm too pretty. So, so my parents put me in basketball. I played, I played center, played with uh, Mike Cathery. So he was really good. In fact, he always used to put a whooping on me. And it just never really stuck until I got to like junior high. And, then go, and uh, my teacher goes, you played basketball? I was like, yeah, played like a little bit. And so he goes, you should come try out. At the time of special education, was my teacher, Mr. Morano. He goes, come on. I was like, okay. Tried me like the junior team, just kind of always been part of the team and a quiet leader and stuff. And, you know, just always outwork people. And as time kept going progressively and progressively, it just kept getting better. My parents sent me to the States to a basketball camp, ran by basically Marines and Navy SEALs and got my ass whooped every day. And then just started out grinding guys. And I was still playing second fiddle. As a lot of, as, as, as uh, Omid would know, um, during all this, Paul Kane had one of the best, best high school teams in Alberta. So I was playing, playing second fiddle to all those guys. So, I mean, which kind of sucked, but it drove me even more. So then time progressed. I got better while I'm still playing basketball. And I just, I act, honestly, I just, I keep getting better. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe it's the guys I'm surrounding myself with, or I'm just finding this, this new, this new age where I want to keep playing. But I know I only have six, seven more years of really good basketball, maybe even less. So I think, I don't think I chose basketball. I think someone else chose basketball for me. And I just have learned to write with a pen. It's awesome. And then you never, yeah, you never looked back since. No, no. When I try to switch other sports, I've tried to get back into hockey. I've even done Muay Thai and stuff. It just, it's fun. It's fun for a couple of weeks, a month. And then this damn orange ball just, I can, I know when a basketball is driven. I can, I know the ping of it. I know everything. I love shoes. I like the culture. It, was, it just, it, it draws to me. Yeah. I always feel like there's always another piece of paper to the pen. 